And now it's time for East Cast and reports from coastal stations. East Utsira, West Utsira, South West Utsira and North North East Utsira. Wind South West, rain at times, good. Forties, fifties, sixties, Tyne, Dogger, German Bite, French Kiss and Swiss Roll. Westerly becoming cyclonic, good. Right here in London's East End. Operating at any level, any time, anywhere, and with anybody. Who are they? One might be your secretary, your doctor's receptionist, or a dancer in a go-go club. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Now, now, now. Hello and Happy New Year and welcome back to Eastcast here on Resonance 104.4 FM and DAB. Eastcast is your monthly delve into the arts, the culture and the community bubbling up in East London, but resonating way beyond this corner of the globe. So wherever you are listening, good to have you with us. I'm Pearl Wise and I'm here with Katie Haler. Hello, Happy New Year. And actually, it's just Katie and I at the helm for the next hour. And funnily enough, this East Coast show is all about pears. Not the edible kind, but but all our guests are in sets of two. We're here from Adrienne and Mike about a cafe where they actually encourage you to sit and Uh, sit at your laptop all day two sisters on a mission to bring their style of nigerian food and hospitality to east london and jj solex and her guitarist will be playing a live session for us later on and i'll be taking a bit of a stroll around a few green spaces in east london hopefully getting out and about after the uh, christmas indulgences (laughs) but first as regulars to this show will know i've been collecting people's arrival stories to london for a series called something to declare here's howard's story and we landed that's when it got really scary it was terrifying it's like a step into the unknown london is my home i mean i don't know how long that's gonna be I know I feel like London is just really bad for your mental health. It's not exactly you never met. At the moment, England is my story. And nobody in my whole generation has ever moved out of the place. We're together with someone. Also, a bit nerve-wracking. Welcome to London, Dr. Bureau, Jessica Declare. My name is Hawa Khan. Both of my parents are Fulani. They were both born in Sierra Leone. They met... Uh, while my father was visiting his sister and my mother was visiting his sister because they used to sew together. My dad came to England. He was in Manchester first, then he was in Paris um, studying the whole time, we think, and then he went to Leeds University. My sister was already born by this time. My mother was still in Sierra Leone. My father sent for my mother to come, and she came to the twin city of Hull. So for Freetown, Hull is the twin city. So my mum was the only black woman in, I'm sure, what seemed like the whole of Hull, um, with this lovely black baby who people used to say, it's like a dolly. My mum always says that she never really experienced any racism in Hull, that people were quizzical and they were inquiring, but they flocked to give her clothes, because obviously it was freezing. she just come from a hot country, it was like, what is this? They first moved when they came to London. They moved to Tooting Beck. My mum was a seamstress and also she could cook really, really, really well. She still can. She worked as a catering assistant for 22 years. 
my dad then had also taken a job in the marketing department at Marks and Spencers and he was there for 25 years. I think their journey to London was well planned. My parents are amazing people on a lot of levels because my mum never returned and she's never been back to Sierra Leone. Not for not wanting to, but having four children and working and to be able to still take care of family back home. So to this day, forever sending money back home. My mum's brothers, all of them but one, are all here. She slowly over time helped each and every one of them to make their journey here, all working, all paying tax and all eventually saving enough to be able to buy their own property. Huge accomplishment for the children of a man who was essentially a butcher. For more arrival stories, you can go to somethingtodeclare.co.uk. But now let's meet our first pair of guests, Jess and Joe Eden. Hello! Hey! <laughs> Otherwise known as the Flygerians. Definitely, that's yeah. us. <laughs> so let me tell our listeners how I found out about you and how I met you. We didn't actually meet, but we kind of... Cross paths, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so um, I was at Waterloo Station and someone very friendly, I can't remember whether it was Jess or Joe, gave me a Christmas card randomly. You were passing them out yeah. to passers-by. And I took it. Not that many people did. No, people were walking past like, oh, no, thank you. We're like, it's a Christmas card. Take one. Come on. Spread some joy. <laughs> so I did take the Christmas card. And then on the train home, I opened it up. And there was a personalised message. Well, obviously not to me, but handwritten. Yes. Wishing me a Merry Christmas. So I thought, oh, that's nice. And then I had another look inside the Christmas card. And there was a folded up bit of paper which kind of told your story. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and it was also um, all about your crowdfunding campaign. Yes. So why don't you tell us your story and what this campaign is for? Because you've started a new one, right? Yeah, we have indeed. I mean, we've just relaunched. I mean, before Christmas, we did have a crowdfunding page and we thought, you know what, we want to get back out there. We want to make sure that everyone can hear and know exactly what we're trying to do. So, as you know, we're the Flygerians and we're promoting the Garden of Eden. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to raise some money so that we can open a store, a stand, where we can um, travel around the country. Um, we want a residence, basically, in East London, where we're from. I mean, we're Hackney born and bred, but we now live in South East London. And we want to take it back home. Yeah, because where we learnt to cook and we went, where we learnt to buy our meats in Dulston Market and we travelled around East London, it was taught by our grandma. And she's the one that taught us where to cook. And going back to East London, taking back our food and our passion there, would really, like, would really be our dream, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, Nigerian food, for those who don't know... And never tasted Nigerian yeah. food. Tell us what to expect. What kind of food is it? What's the, the kind of basic? First of all, it's delicious. I think that's one of the biggest words to get delicious. out there. Absolutely delicious. <laughs> it's vibrant. It's colourful. I think with Nigerian food, I mean, we're doing a Nigerian meets British food fusion because we're born here, but um, our background is very much sort of brought up in a Nigerian household. Yeah. So um, it's all about sort of bringing the two, the best of both worlds, would say, through our food and combining that together. So I would say it's vibrant. A lot of people 
for the social it's hot and spicy but it's, it's it not depends. spicy it depends on some, <laughs> of what type of heat you like I like my heat but if we're serving it to our customers you won't make it too spicy because you want to make it bearable at least for everyone <laughs> it's all about sort of enjoyment I think one thing um, with Nigerian culture it's all about sort of bringing a community together spreading the love mm-hmm. I mean growing up um, in East London with our nan um, spending six weeks there at a time we used to have cookouts my nan would pretty much invite the whole community around to come and eat and enjoy her food especially in the summertime mm. we would get involved we've been cooking since 11 so it was all about sort of bringing everyone together to enjoy that so she would make different varieties of jollof rice and spicy fish, everything fish meat even if they weren't invited you could smell the cooking halfway down the block so everyone You'd would be, be there. there anyway <laughs> <laughs> bring your friends bring everyone it was all about sort of bringing everyone together and enjoying that food so so what's the fusion element? How do you bring yeah. the kind of... What, what's the Britishness in yeah, this? Yeah, so we, um, we've got this Af- we've got African beans. So we're going to do a little fusion, like Afro beans, African beans on toast. Nice. So it, but it's, <laughs> it's going to be a twist. It's got rich peppers and uh, different types of tomatoes and sauces and spices in it with a bit yeah. of crayfish in it. And then it'll be a gege bread, which is our national bread. It's called a gege bread. What, what's a gege bread? <laughs> it's, it's a sweet bread, isn't it? It's like yeah. a sweet, delicious bread, um, quite similar to sort of a brioche. Um, but it's sort of handmade by ourselves. And Soft and doughy. Soul food mm. for the soul. Definitely not good for the waist, but good for the soul. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who hasn't had dinner yet. I am uh, hungry. hungry. Yeah. <laughs> we you bought did. you some. We bought you some samples to have. We've got you some jollof rice, some plantains, no some chicken. Yeah. Two fly chicks is our speciality, made with a special sauce. So yeah. enjoy that. Okay. And I think one of the British elements we would like to say is the locally sourced food. So it's all about sort of local butchers, um, making sure we get sort of fresh prawns, things like that from um, British farmers in terms of our meat. So it's going to be sort of quite locally sourced food, giving back to the community. Feeding the soul. So the vision is to start with a stall, a stand, street food, and then... You've, you're obviously thinking much bigger than yeah, this. Yeah, definitely. So what we want to do is we want to start with um, our stands mm-hmm. and then we want to go on to sort of a mobile... Um, mobile catering van, hopefully exactly. do the festivals. We love a festival. Everything. Yeah. Like. And then um, obviously it gets a bit cold, doesn't it, in the winter? <laughs> <laughs> so we're hoping to be indoors by then. <laughs> hoping to be indoors and hopefully expand to a nice restaurant, a local place where everyone can come and enjoy music, food and drinks, yeah. you know? And we want to take it back to East London because that is our home. I mean, that's where we were brought up and we definitely want to sort of first of all have a residence there so it's all about sort of that engagement with everyone and making sure everyone comes down and enjoys himself so your first campaign you only asked for 200 pounds which no, oh, no, we asked, we asked for, for a lot more than that. <laughs> <laughs> okay i yeah. got that wrong <laughs> So we had some issues and with our crowdfunding page. I mean, a lot of people were saying they wanted to donate, but they couldn't actually get through once they got to sort of the end stage. So, and we spoke to crowdfunding, they um, allowed us to sort of relaunch again and sort of start from the beginning and build our profile again. So, so your opportunity is here. Yeah. Tell us (laughs) how do we, you know, people who want to support you, what, what do they need to do? What's the... What's the deal? So all you have to do is um, go on to www.crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash the Garden of Eden. And that's Eden spelled E-D-U-N, Echo Delta Umbrella November. (laughs) (laughs) And um, with our surname, um, we, we decided the Garden of Eden because... The, um, the Nigerian meaning of the Garden of Eden is a place of pleasure. So we want to make sure that we inject that through our foods and so that everyone can sort of come and enjoy, one, our personalities, and two, the food that they taste. So Yeah, you can check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Yep, it's don't the same forget thing. Instagram, don't forget Facebook. The Garden of Eden. E-D-U-N, <laughs> for November. <laughs>
I think we've got the message and we're looking forward to trying out some of this food yeah, later thank on. You. So we'll, we'll, we'll enjoy do it. That. Thank you for having us. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. So while uh, you shuffle and swap places, if that's okay, um, I will introduce our next guest. It's going to be slightly chaotic. Let's hope that I can do this as smoothly as possible. So um, our next guests are Andrian and Mike from the Workers' Cafe and um, who are also pretty familiar with crowdfunding um, because that's how the cafe uh, got going and started. And actually, um, that's kind of got what the, your um, video is what got me excited about the whole thing. And um, in the video, you had this kind of slogan where um, Andrea and you say it's like a gym for work. And that's kind of become my catchphrase at home. I really love that. And I'm always saying, oh, it's like a gym for work. And um, so, <laughs> uh, Mike, Andrea, welcome. You are now in front of your mic so Thank we can you. introduce you. Um, tell us, uh, Andrea, how did this idea start and where, where did the idea come from and, and what is the workers cafe yeah everything started when i met ryan he's a founder of uh, everything what we're talking about now uh, it's not with us unfortunately uh, probably he's listening now i hope so <laughs> that sounds like you made it sound like you died he's just in canada <laughs> he's, he's in canada he's, yeah. um yes he <laughs> I used to manage in uh, that time a uh, coffee shop in Hampstead, so he came over and said, can I work on this cafe? And then, obviously, we, we become friends in a short period of time, and then uh, he said, uh, man, let's, let's, start, let's start something together. So, okay, let's do it. Uh, that cafe uh, closed down, and then uh, we had time to think and put uh, all things together. And uh, the... Uh, hardest part was to find a place so we were thinking to start through kickstarter which we did it and uh, that gym for work it was just absolutely naturally sounds better <laughs> with the accent by the way <laughs> <laughs> it's like a gym for work <laughs> um, yeah that uh, is coming from a member is getting motivated and he knows exactly when he's coming to our place, he's going. they're going to be super productive in a short period of time. So many members, we had some feedback. They were saying that time I spend in here in two or three hours, I'm, I just did my whole day, so I don't need to spend more time. So they were, like, productive, and then they were, like, leaving and uh, having the whole day for themselves. <laughs> so why, are they, why do you think people are more productive in your cafe environment than say sitting in Starbucks or Costa or something like that? Yes, we design uh, our space in, in a way that uh, they have uh, privacy. Uh, they do have a noise, that background noise uh, of cafe as, as you come in and it's like a small coffee shop and then behind normally we, we design like a curtain, we have like a curtain so after that our members, they are like focused they uh, only for what they want to 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 do uh, there is no distractions there is no one coming over just squeezing you or you've got your space sports space desk and uh, you do uh, you are just uh, really focused on what yeah. on your work obviously. no crying babies or you know so are babies allowed 
Well, uh, we explain kindly to our uh, our customers. Very kindly. Yeah. It, I mean, with babies, it's absolutely fine. Uh, I'm obviously used to that. But uh, if uh, it's getting too noisy, uh, parents uh, happen a couple of times and they, they, they're just uh, leaving... No, in a in a bad way. They just uh, feel uncomfortable that they know uh, there's people working in there. So we we do apologize uh, if some sometimes happens that we we obviously we're not uh, telling them to leave, but it's just um, uh, naturally it's coming, so they they just leave. So I, I gotta ask. I am I'm super boring when I'm working, and I can't have any noise, music, nothing. But I know so many people like having some sort of background. Mm. Well, yeah, like music. Mm-hmm. Are you pro music, or is it silent like a library? We are pro music that helps you work. So we've like picked a playlist so carefully. So yes. it's like yeah, like, Mike did Mike, <coughs> Mike and Dave. He's yeah, me and my brother. Um, we pick the music carefully so that it's um, not distracting. It's not like music that everyone knows. So you want to like sing along, which is definitely why yeah. we do. Um, so yeah, we 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 chose it carefully. Yeah. So so Mike, how did you um, get get on board? What what happened? What's the relationship? What, wow. what do you do? <laughs> who, who are you? Who are you? Say it, say it Mike. <laughs> okay. Well, this. Um, basically, me and my brother got um, involved with uh, the Workers' Cafe and Andrew and Ryan um, a few weeks uh, after they actually... Three weeks. Yeah, three weeks, yeah, um, after they actually launched. Um, and that happened because I actually had um, a few surgeries on my spine, like um, uh, maybe like nine months before. That's all right. <laughs> like nine months before. Um, so, And it was horrible because I was recovering and... All I could do was sit in my house and nothing. Like I, I couldn't really, I, I couldn't really get out. I wasn't very mobile. Um, so Dave was like, um, "We need to do something." Um, we're both not. Re- we were both like sort of at a uh, crossroad transitional phase in our lives. We were like, "Let's do something." So what we decided was actually to do because we're both musicians. So we decided to do um, a rehearsal studio type thing, but the setup costs were ridiculously high and it just didn't seem like good business. Um, So in the past, I'd worked from home and and stuff like that, and we kind of knew a little bit about um, co-working. um, And we just kept seeing it as we were doing research for, you know, this uh, rehearsal room business. We just kept seeing hot desk, co-working, da-da-da-da. And then... One of Dave's friends, um, who was actually a member at uh, the Workers' Cafe. Heidi. Yeah, Heidi. Um, he saw one of her posts on, I think, Twitter. And he was like, she was saying, hey, I'm looking for people to like come down and check out different co-working spaces. So we were like, cool. This sounds like a really smart idea. The setup cost will be like, minimal. Um, so let's talk to Heidi and see what she's got going on. Um, and then she recommended us to Andrew and Ryan. And yeah, that, so that, now that, you've got you. So you've moved. You've got a new space, mm-hmm. which is on Kingston Road. Yeah. Um, yes. So how is it different, Andrian, from from the space you had before? Yes, we we started. We had the hardest uh, part as we we were uh, um, sharing the space with uh, uh, some. In, in the same building, we were uh, renting only daytime, nine to half past five. 
as at six o'clock it was like a wine pub. So we we were like doing everything prepared uh, in the morning, like all the power supplies, coffee, filtered coffee, teas, and then end of the day, half past five. Normally we used to close with a, like a, a nice song. It was great. It was so good. It was <laughs> so like you got from... a closing tune every day. Yes, it was right, a okay. closing tune. No, it was Moldova, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Andrew's from Moldova, by the way. That's where the accent's from. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we. We were like extra. We used to have like extra work, uh, and we supposed to do that fast. Uh, and we create a small. We create uh, like a system which allows us in the short term to uh, move everything. So we design also some shelves under the uh, underneath the bar, and uh, <clears throat> we had like twenty minutes to finish everything, even to take off, off the menus, uh, menu boards or cover them. So. Uh, so it's like if a set every, change almost. Yes, so like, it was like, a s- yeah. s- and also it's supposed to be like uh, soft and uh, smoothly. As sometimes we we were just uh, having some customer in, um, and we were just it has to be like very smooth that they didn't even realize that it's uh, it's happening something. So yes, now we've got our own place on uh, Kingsland Roads now we are uh, all together like a family yeah <laughs> all in one place because what happened was um, uh, while the place in Hackney was going um, we kind of decided me and my brother would open um, another one because it was going really well like we were having loads of members we were filling up so we were like sweet let's open another one um, and we did in Dalston um uh, but yeah, the first one was kind of just like a pop-up trial thing to see Absolutely, like yes. um, whether it would work, and it did. So now we've all relocated to. So Dorset. tell us exactly where <coughs> and how the membership works. Okay, well, it is the Workers Cafe, four hundred four Kingsland Road, E eight four AA. Okay. To make sure you get there, right? Right. Um, and membership basically works like um, it, it depends how you work. Actually, we kind of tailor it to how um, the person works. So, if you're there for like uh, three or four days, uh, two, uh, two or three days a week, um, we'll do seventy-five. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we are based with two memberships. Obviously, it's full time. Uh, where our members they got uh, time from Monday to Saturday uh, each time they can come and go anytime and also we have a half membership which allows our members using the space for 11 days a month uh, and it's 75 and the full time it's 100 pounds uh, and obviously we're open seven days a week now and if someone is got like a deadline, they can uh, work also on, on uh, Sundays. But you're also open to the public for normal coffees and things like that. Yes. Yeah. So there's this kind of special area for the members, but then an open area for the public. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I've got it? Yes, you got it. <laughs> Good. Um, thank you so much for coming and telling us about that. Hopefully you've inspired some new resolutions of working away from home and not being stuck eating toaster in the kitchen all day long. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, just a bit more productivity. So, Andrea and Mike, thank you so much you. for coming on the show. Thank you. Right. Uh, speaking of toast or 
mince pies, I've got to say. It is so time to stop all of that. Mince pies, toast, whatever. Christmas is now well and truly over and 2017 has begun, as we're all painfully aware. But if, like me, you're still taking a rather festive attitude towards food and drink and exercise, it could be the time to swap treats for some fresh air. And we all know it's cold and rains a lot and is dark most of the day. But I have selflessly braved the wilds of East London to bring you a snippet of what's on offer in some amazing local green spaces close to your front door. Warning, the following scenes contain mud and quite a lot of it. So fasten those boots. First up is the incredible and incredibly muddy Epping Forest right out in the northeast corner of the city. According to the City of London Authority, it's London's largest open space, and its long, thin shape runs from around Walthamstow and Wanstead area right up to Epping in Essex. The forest has a rich history, from prehistoric beasts to Roman soldiers marching down ancient highways and a rather extravagant piece of Tudor architecture reached a bit of a hill here. It's impossible to relay the richness of history in just a few words, but one example stands before me, the Queen Elizabeth Hunting Lodge, built on the order of Henry VIII in 1543. Here's Sophie Lillington, Museum and Heritage Manager. 500 years ago, the sounds of dogs, of horses, of the whole Tudor court would have been echoing all over the place, all sorts of Tudor goings-on. Epping Forest exists and existed and was founded and was preserved as a refuge for deer. And that's why Henry VIII built this building, the Hunting Lodge. So we may suppose that they would have been feasting on venison, great haunches of it being roast, um, little fricassees. Venison pasties were very important at the time. For the supernaturally inclined, the forest is said to be a favourite haunt of a few spooky characters including the legendary highwayman Dick Turpin, a headless biker, and even Queen Boudicca herself. But if ghost hunts aren't quite your cup of tea... Sorry, I just got startled by a dog. <laughs> there is uh, plenty of less eerie events for you to enjoy. I'm Jacqueline Eggleston and I'm the Head of Visitor Services at Epping Forest. Um, Epping Forest is a registered charity and we're managed by uh, the City of London who are our main funder. One of the walks that I enjoy that um, shows the different varieties that the forest has to offer, so it has woodland, it has farmland, it has big open views and it's easily accessible, is the Oak Trail which leads from Thaden Boys Tube Station. So you can get on at Thaden Boys, um, you can either do the loop or you can carry on through and, and get back on the tube at Epping. Here's Sophie Lillington again. Two spots that I really love and I go to myself are our two Iron Age camps. Now, that's a rarity in London to get Iron Age camps almost within reach of the tube. So we've got two, Loughton Camp and Amesbury Banks. They're both about 450 BC. They're hidden in the woods. They're mysterious, they're high, they're a bit difficult to find, but you can see them on the map that you can buy here at The View. Um, they're just interesting, historic age-old places. They're brilliant as a walk destination. Um, please don't cycle on these as they're ancient monuments. So there you go, a whistle-stop tour of Epping Forest. Travelling southwards, my next East London green haven is 
the Wanstead Flats. It's still technically part of Epping Forest, but Wanstead Flats have ditched the entwined tree trunks and dark, leafy canopies for an open grassland expanse and a site of special scientific interest. According to the Wanstead Wildlife website, as part of the Epping Forest Act of 1878, Wanstead Flats were actually used for cattle grazing, right up until the BSE crisis of the 90s. Most of the area is, unsurprisingly, flat grassland, but it's also populated with several bodies of water and a few thickets and copses. Now on a glorious summer's day, here by Jubilee Pond with its benches and picnic tables would be a lovely setting for a bite or two to eat. But today it would have to be a big slice of cake with warming custard and a flask of hot chocolate because it's bitterly cold. It is January after all. But perhaps on a better day, bring your binoculars and you could be in for a treat. There's skylarks and meadow pipits, a huge flock of Canadian geese have just flown over my head and there's swans and a ducks and a whole manner of other birds on the Jubilee Pond. And it's not just Jubilee Pond that's worth a visit. Why not take a walk round Alexandra Lake? And neither are birds the limit of Wanstead Flats' range of wildlife. Did you know, for example, that there were once pigs on the flats? Hmm, probably not as you know them, though. Pigs was a local nickname given to barrage balloons, anti-aircraft defences used in the Second World War. Look carefully and you might still be able to see remnants of the barrage balloon tethers among the grassland. In fact, it seems that a prisoner of war camp was actually erected on the flats, as was a camp for Allied soldiers. So, I think you'll agree, Wanstead Flats are well worth a visiting stroll. Right, time's up, and to be honest, I can't really feel my fingers, so we'd better get a move on. Next! Moving further south, I made my way to the city's magnificent Olympic Park to bask in the nostalgia of 2012. Ah, Team GB. Before the Olympic Games, the site where this tailor-made sporting environment now stands was, by all accounts, a bit of a wasteland, termed a no-go area by Time Out magazine. Of particular note was the famous landmark eyesore Fridge Mountain, which, you've guessed it, was a huge pile of fridges. According to the Evening Standard, there was nearly a million fridges Apparently the power was the first thing to be shifted when the cleanup started and was believed to be the biggest collection of discarded white goods in the entire of Europe. It's pretty much impossible not to be impressed by the incredible transformation and design of the park. There's so much to do and see, even on a gloomy Sunday afternoon, reliving the games with arena tours or hiring pedalos on the river or even just relaxing with a cup of tea and letting the kids play in the playground you certainly won't be short of things to do. Following the London 2012 trail around the park, which you can find on their website, I came across a winding mechanism, close to the new West Ham Stadium, which promised to reveal the sounds of Super Saturday. It took a lot of winding. Sporting legacy aside, I'm supposed to be talking about green spaces. Here I'm taking a slight detour, actually. A detour along a pretty spectacular river, the River Lee. 
The River Lee runs all the way from Hertfordshire to the north of London, through Waltham Cross, Ponders End, Tottenham, Hackneywick and Stratford. As a result of London 2012, many projects have been working to improve the riverside, for nature and for visitors alike. And, if you like a challenge, the Canal and River Trust boasts uninterrupted walking and cycling aside the entire waterway. So where I wanted to take you, listeners, dear listeners, was on a little stroll from the Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park down to Three Mills via the River Lee. But sadly, that wasn't possible. It is East London after all, and there's always some construction going on, so the footpaths are closed. Instead, what you could do is take a walk from Hackney Wick Station up to Clapton, all the way following the River Lee. It's really pretty. You go past a nature reserve, you go past a couple of parks. So just try and get away from the train line once in a while. I promise you, it's worth it. If Stratford is your stomping ground, then you could check out the free guided walk of Three Mills and the Olympic Park coming up this weekend. Find out more on the Lee Valley website under What's On. Back in the park, it's a quick coffee stop before I head home. From forest to flats to waterways, I've only brought you the tiniest hint of green space as an offer in East London. So if you're looking for a New Year's resolution, I've got one for you. Dust out those boots and get walking. So get going, get walking outside, brave the outdoors, it's great. And to find out about upcoming Epping Forest events, you can just search Epping Forest Events City of London. So now uh, we're going to change change track a little bit. Um, next month, Rich Mix in Shoreditch will be taken over um, on the first weekend of February by 2017's London Remixed Festival. Over 25 bands, four stages and a host of emerging talent and no camping or mud involved. Brilliant. Um, you can expect Latin grooves, Afro beats, tropical bass, vintage remix, Balkan beats, an acoustic sound clash and lots more uh and we're delighted to have with us in the studio jj soul who's playing at the festival on saturday the 4th of february and guitarist david so welcome very much to the show Hi. um before we before we chat properly um we'd like to hear a song okay what are you gonna play for us? um this is a song called bigger here we go And I 
places that I made it. Dum, 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 dum. I'm so thankful, thankful. Dum, 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 dum. I'm so grateful that I came through it all. Dum, 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 dum. I'm so thankful, thankful. I can testify. I have been broken. My world was stolen. I never knew who I was, so they tried to mold me and shape me, tried to put me in a circle, but I squared up, cause I was so fed up of not being enough. Then I found myself in the most high, and there's nothing under the sun that can make me forget the one that is bigger than them. It is bigger than you and I. It is bigger than them, them. It is bigger than you and I. Da 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 dum, dum da dum dum dum. I give praises that I made it. Dum da dum dum dum. I'm so thankful, thankful. Dum da dum dum dum. I'm so grateful that I came through it all. Dum da dum dum dum. I'm so thankful, thankful. When the ego swells, we forget the higher self. They wonder why they still in hell. I felt the burn, so I called for help. Was embraced by the most high. Nothing that you got is bigger. All the power that they got, it's bigger. They could never compete, it's bigger. Bigger than them, bigger than them. All that I've witnessed, I'm grateful for all I've been given. I'm thankful no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Cause all the rocks and the gold is bigger. All the wealth that they own is bigger. They could never compete, it's bigger. Bigger than them, bigger than them. I give praises that I made it. I'm so thankful, thankful, dum, 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 dum. I'm so grateful that I came through it all, dum, 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 dum. I'm so thankful, thankful, dum, 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 dum. I give praises that I made it. I'm so thankful, thankful, dum, 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 dum. I'm so grateful that I came through it all, dum. Wow, that was incredible. Thank you so much. Now then, we want to find out a bit about you. Um, can you tell us a bit about your music, where you're from, and when you started singing in the first place? I've been singing forever, like most singers. <laughs> um, I'm from a musical background, so my sister sang, my dad's a jazz pianist, I grew up in church, choir, so if so I wasn't singing, I was trying to sing, so I've always been attempting at least. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a while. And so what do you think has inspired your the kind of music that you make? I think it's been inspired by a, lo- a lot of things, so many different different sounds I've been exposed to growing up. And as I've gotten older, I've acquired so much different experiences. And it's just eclectic of things. It's, it's broad. And so we, we heard a, a rumour about a programme uh, called The Voice. 
what what was what was this <laughs> about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was on the voice last year this time last year i was on bbc the voice um made it through to paloma's team Woo-hoo. and then i have I to say i've seen the video and she was so excited she was she's she, a darling she, yeah <laughs> she's a sweetheart um i do um recommend anyone to to watch this because i mean you you tore it up and they oh, were just you. yeah i i mean it's not necessarily my favorite show but when i watched the fi- the video the footage i was just like wow you know it, when when some when people get it and when they're excited you really see it and they yeah. they you know you 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 got them yeah it was good feedback um i enjoyed the performance it was a good experience for as far as i took it um but after that point i just it wasn't suited for me i wasn't happy with what they were offering so mm. i was the first person to quit the voice and i took that opportunity probably (laughs) i I gotta ask like is it weird performing to people who you know when they're not looking at you is is that is that weird when they've got their backs turned do you know what it's the concept's weird but the audience are amazing like Uh, the audience were everything for me like without them it would have been really weird the audience carried me through so it was good it was good fun fantastic okay (laughs) um so where, well, like, what, what are you working on at the moment? I know we've got the you've got the festival coming up in February. Maybe you can tell us a bit about that, and then also what you're doing kind of around that. Um, so I've just finished a mixtape of mine um, that's going to be out very soon, um, and it's in preparation for an EP that I have coming also to follow. Um, so I've just got a, a bundle of music that I'm just taking my time and giving to everyone because everyone's been waiting so patiently. So. Uh-huh. Ah, okay. And when, when it does come out, where can people find it? Where can people find you? It will be all over the internet, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, iTunes, JJ Soul X Music on any of them. And I'll have CDs to give away at shows. And what about live? I mean, you're obviously playing at Rich Mix. Have you played at that festival before? Not that festival, no. Okay. So this, yeah. And this, it's quite, um, it's quite unique in that you know it, it, it's obviously by the name, it's remixed. It's it's kind of um, mixing urban and world music together, and there's so many different types of music under one roof, which is quite an Beautiful. exciting place to yeah. play. Um, where else? I mean, are you on the kind of London circuit? As where else can people hear? I you? Um, I I have a monthly event that I run with my friend called Alchemy. Um, we run that at Stoke Newington every second Sunday of the month. That is live music, spoken word. Um, we have great artists that come through, Speech to Bell, Dion Reed, Miss Baby Soul. We've had some amazing people, and myself and her also perform um, every month. So if you want to see me every month, just come along. Where, where is that? That's at Stoke Newington, Stereo 92. Ah, so if okay. you put Alchemy Nights in Instagram or Facebook, you can find all the details. Alchemy Nights. Excellent. Should we hear another song? Yeah, Lance. Nice. Okay, this song is Back to the Basics. This is currently out now. You can get on iTunes if you love it. The sun kissed me and made me feel so welcome I let my thoughts go into the distance And listen to my heart find its rhythm Now I'm looking at my position Is the city life worth all the stress it's given? All I really need is the 
simple things Wanna get back to the way I should be living I'm going back to the basics When did life get so complicated? Looking for the calm in the storm Cause too much is going on I'm going back to the basics, yeah These things are replaceable I'm going back to the basics, yeah I'm finding my way home Be firm on the ground Felt the earth strong was like a rebirth In that moment I was grounded Reminded of what I was missing So much things to do in this life Why should you get stuck in the night to five? Why should you compromise happiness As a means to survive I'm going back to the basics, yeah When did life get so complicated? Looking for the calm in the storm Cause too much is going on I'm going back to the basics, yeah These things are replaceable I'm going back to the basics, yeah I'm finding my way home We don't work to live Our heart beats as it pleases All of the things we need freely. It don't cost to breathe You can't put price on existence Why am I working to make a living When life lives in the basic things Going back to the basics Where did life get so complicated? For the calm in the storm Too much is going on I'm going back to the basics These things are replaceable I'm going back to the basics I'm finding my way home I'm going back to the coming in JJ thank you for having us thank you, thank you thank you thank you it's been much. a pleasure thank you and uh we're going to be hearing hopefully a little bit more from uh your sound at the end of the show but your- also just to remind everyone where we can see and oh, hear yeah, of uh, course. jj so so um at the at rich mix um in the last the first weekend of february so it will be the fourth of 
February, Saturday yeah. the 4th that you're playing. And um, there's loads of different bands, but I definitely recommend the Remix Festival. Um, I think it will be a lot of fun and just a great place to discover some new music and, and music from all over the world. Mm. Yeah, so see you there. <laughs> You're listening to the East Coast Show on Resonance 104.4 FM and DAB. And don't forget, you can get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook at East Coast Show. And you can listen again to our interviews and music online via iTunes uh, if you just search East Coast Show London and on our website, eastcastshow.com, where you can also sign up to our monthly newsletter so you'll get all your audio news straight into your inbox. Thanks, Katie. So here's another short from the arrival stories that I've been collecting for the kind of sideways look at migration series called Something to Declare. Here's David's story. And we landed. That's when it got really scary. Um, it was terrifying. It's like a step into the unknown. London is my home. I mean, I don't know how long that's going to be. I know I feel like London is just really bad for your mental health. It's not exactly you feel you never met. At the moment, England is my story. And nobody in my whole generation has ever moved out of the place. I was trying to work together with someone. And also, get nerve wracking. I'm of mixed origin. My dad's Jamaican. Like Jamaican, my mum's quite English. So I lived in East London, and the estate I lived on was. Totally white, white English, white working class English. And on the opposite side of, of my estate, there was one road splitting us and there was an estate that had lots of uh, Bangladeshi people on it. And at the time, the Bangladeshi communities were really being persecuted by the kind of English communities. They were the new immigrants and, and the West Indians had been here already and the Jewish people had become ready. So they've had their kind of time where they were under pressure from the native people that lived in, in England. I remember that time very specifically because we would always hang out on the other estate. So we'd never hang out on our estate, which was totally white. We'd hang out on the Bengali estate with some Nigerian guys and stuff. And I found myself, I don't know, I felt like I just felt drawn to those people a bit more. Like one, because my mum ran a youth club on that side of the estate and she always taught us to mix. So we had to mix with all the people there, so it was cool. And secondly, I didn't really identify with the people on my estate because they were a bit aggressive and, and you know like for example like a couple of guys their brothers were like claimed to be BMP and they were a bit racist like openly it was really interesting as a young person to see that because not only were they divided because one of the colour of their skin but two they were actually divided by an estate and they were divided by housing and they were divided by where the government put all those people on opposing sides and it actually caused a physical rift we would play football matches We'd do Bengalis versus the rest of the world. That was the thing, because we were the rest of the world. And, they were Bengalis. and my mum came over one time, and she says, what are you doing? And I said, we're playing football. Why are they, all, why are they not mixed? I said, oh, no, mum, go away. Like, we're playing football. It's Bengalis versus the rest of the world. She went, what? And she literally stopped the game and made us mix. And I was so angry, because it's embarrassing. You know, like, I'm a child. Like, you know, I'm like nine years old, and you want to be the cool guy. But we had to play football together, and it was cool. You know, we made a lot of friends those few summers that we were there. I'm thankful for that because it's kind of opened my mind to understand kind of immigration and migration. So that was David. Um, I mean, it's not really an arrival story, but it's kind of his his look, his take on 
migration and, and living in a, a very kind of mixed community in London. And that was for a series that I've been doing called Something to Declare. And we decided to do something a little bit... Um, off the cuff <laughs> um, because I've been collecting these stories and I've got Andrian here who's from Moldova and I thought why not ask him what his arrival story is and how he ended up in London and where the hell is Moldova <laughs> <laughs> like I don't even know where is it yeah Moldova it's uh, placed in uh, Eastern Europe uh, between uh, uh, in the middle obviously between um uh, Romania and Ukraine it used to be part of uh, Romania, and obviously <coughs> we we were ending up being part of uh, Russian. And then from 1991, we took our ind- independence. Um, the story is, is quite simple. As uh, we were we were we came with my girlfriends in here having some fun for one summer. So in that uh, period, we. We were not thinking about anything. We just uh, we want to have some fun and then traveling, uh, finding like uh, some uh, easy go jobs, and um, and then obviously after uh, nearly five years we end up uh, staying in here as London is like. A wait wait sponge. wait! You came for some fun yes. that lasted five years. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, it's 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 a, it's a continuous fun. Obviously. <laughs> Sorry, <clears throat> carry on. Yeah, uh, we were. Our plan was to come in here, uh, make some money, and then travel travel uh, along uh, north coast, and then uh, visit some places in Europe. And obviously, Paris was first on the list, uh, which we marked almost everything. And then we kind of liked this very much. And then we we tried to. Uh, platforms which allows us uh, like saving some money and then in the same time uh, we were like traveling uh, spending money only for for uh, uh, for the trip uh, itself and then we were uh, we were hosting by someone uh, and in exchange we were uh, uh, working like five four five hours a day uh, five days a week and then, like that, we were like uh, visiting few places in Scotland, uh, and then uh, all around uh, uh, England, uh, from Wales uh, to, I mean, north already Scotland. Uh, we had we haven't reached yet Aberdeen, which was <laughs> uh, our uh, targets, but we still got time. Um, maybe another <laughs> couple of years, obviously. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so now, so you ended up in London, and you, any is this is this home now? Is this like forever? <clears throat> I do enjoy as we enjoyed very much the weather. Uh, both of us, we are really like, yes. <laughs> uh, both of us, we were <laughs> looking. Well, our uh, uh, climate is quite dry and very hot in the summer, which we were. Uh, t- trying to yeah <laughs> to avoid that <laughs> I know that, I know that's uh, and then 
we came that we liked very much in that summer uh, the weather apart of long winters raining r- raining winter which dies it's a different story but uh, we're still alright with everything by now uh, we'll see how everything goes obviously with uh, political stuff but I, I won't go uh, I won't talk about anything but I'm still I'm still alright I'm still enjoying living in here and obviously now meeting uh, great people uh, teamed up with uh, lots of great <laughs> people <laughs> uh, and working hard uh, achieving our dreams and obviously keep ourselves busy and uh, yes uh, thank we, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Andrea doing a, a, a something to declare uh, piece live for us we've got one more which is a, actually a, a recorded one or are we going to go uh, straight out for uh, some music probably yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're going to wrap up, I think. Right. Um, so that's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like it's, <laughs> it's time to go. Yes. This is live radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll be back soon on Resonance 104.4 FM with sounds and stories from East London and beyond. In the meantime, you can find everything on our website, East Cast Show. And JJ Soul is going to play us out with a track called Looking Forward. So thanks for listening. Happy January and join us next month on East Coast Show.
Nothing here. 